In a classic season 9 episode of Seinfeld, George's father Frank decides to resurrect a holiday to celebrate in George's childhood. Among other things, Festivus includes replacing the Christmas tree with aluminum pole, airing grievances about the ways your loved ones have disappointed you throughout the year, and the holiday only ending when the head of the household is pinned in a wrestling match. But Frank explains the roots of Festivus in a story where he was disgusted by the commercial aspects of Christmas, with gift-giving explicitly excluded from the holiday. What can we learn from Frank Costanza this time of year, and could Festivus be preferred by economists over all gift-giving holidays? You're listening to Upset Patterns. Economists tend to love being contrarians. Some make models showing why unemployment is just people demanding too high of a wage, how recessions are caused by technology regressing, or how drug addictions are, quote, rational. If you needed another reason to say, psh, to the dismal science, here's another thing some economists think is inefficient. Christmas. Around $80 billion will be spent this year on gifts this Christmas season in America. Surely that must be good for the economy. How can an economist disagree with that? Here to talk with me more today is someone who has given a few gifts, Paige Atkinson. So I have given quite a few gifts and will probably give a few more this Christmas. Your expertise on the subject is very much appreciated. (laughs) To start off, let's think about the theory of consumer choice. How do you decide whether to buy something? Especially during the holiday season, the way I decide whether to buy an item depends on... For yourself. For myself. Yes. I am a big impulse buyer, so sometimes it just goes into the moment of what I've heard about that product. Fair enough. A lot of people can make irresponsible or impulsive decisions when you buy, but in general, you are the best source of information on determining what you value. So if you go into the store and an item is $20, you'll probably only buy it if at that time, given the information you know about yourself, if you value it at $20 or more. Now, others don't always know how much you value something. In the case of gift giving, you're buying something on sort of a best guess scenario. A lot of times this imperfect information means that people will buy that $20 item if in reality you only value it at say $10. And so this gap in value is what economists call deadweight loss. And it's important to identify this difference between a dollar value and sort of an intrinsic value. We put dollar costs on something because it tends to be the best way that we can measure value in the economy. But for example, if I paid you $50 to go dig a hole and then fill it back in, you might have been paid $50, but nothing was really contributing. You know, we're not better off because of it. Yes, this $80 billion will be spent for Christmas, but it doesn't necessarily reflect $80 billion in increased value in the country. That makes sense. Five years from now, all of those items will be in a garage sale or something like that. Yeah, and you can think of a lot of the different gifts you might get, whether it's uh, an ugly pair of socks from your grandparent or a book you'll never read. It's money and resources that could have been spent otherwise. Joel Waldfogel, who is an economic and business professor at University of Pennsylvania, actually did some research on this, and he surveyed a broad population sample, and he told them to journal the gifts that they got over the Christmas season, how much the gift giver paid for it, and how much they themselves would have paid for it. And what he found, though there's obviously variation, was that in general, 10 to 33% of the value is lost in these gift giving exchanges. So that means that for the 
$20 gift, people would have actually only spent, uh, you know, between $13 and $17 in reality. This deadweight loss, as they call it, is about the same as the deadweight loss that we have in paying taxes and that inefficiency. And so Walt Vogel called this an orgy of wealth destruction, just this month of the year where everyone is just buying a ton of stuff that creates a lot less value in the economy. I tell myself that I'm doing the economy good by my extra purchases this time of year. It makes sense because the things that you see are that you're giving your money to the, the cashier, you know, who is working those extra hours and all this merchandise is coming through. But to go back to the uh, the hole digging analogy, or one of my favorites is if you paid someone to mow your lawn with nail clippers, that's not efficient. It might cost the same as mowing it with a lawnmower, but the value created isn't as much as it could be. The whole reasoning behind this is imperfect information. In general, you know what's best about what you value. Like you said, you can make impulsive decisions or you could be in some state of mind where you're not totally rational or forward thinking. So in the different scenarios that one might purchase gifts, the closest to you in terms of information quality is your significant other. They are around you a lot. They know what you need in terms of practicality and you might think they even know what you value. But then if you go out in circles, so let's say There's not much value lost maybe in a husband or wife buying a a gift. Immediate family and close friend, again, you probably know how much they value something, but mm, not, not exactly. And then further from that is the peripheral friend or a distant relative. Let's say the grandparent who might be out of touch and get you an ugly sweater. Even further from that, which for me I think is the biggest value destruction, it's just sort of buying something for the sake of it, is the office secret Santa. You're assigned to someone that you might not know very well at work, so you buy them a bottle of booze or a DVD. Maybe they really don't like it or they don't even drink. You can see in these different scenarios different magnitude of the imperfect information. On the whole, when Wald Fogel made that estimate of 10 to 33%, it includes all the different scenarios. Yeah, definitely. I sometimes find myself buying some discounted item just to have it around in the event I have to go to one of those type events that I need a candle or some generic gift. If no one is really enjoying the gift, that money could be spent in better places. Rather than paying you $20 to dig a hole and fill it in, I could pay you $20 to do this podcast for us. (laughs) Something of, of valuable service. I guess that's where gift cards come in can't really go wrong with just giving cash. Absolutely, because cash you can spend on pretty much anything, or it's a very versatile medium of exchange and gift cards around there. So actually, Wald Fogel does say that this is a much better alternative. $50 gift card to Best Buy, let's say. If you're not too into electronics, you're sort of, you're pigeonholed into buying it into that store or whatnot. But there's a lot less of a chance of that value destruction. Cash, obviously the least. With cash or gift cards, we can get back a lot of this inefficiency, um, especially for the, the secret Santa in the office scenario or the, uh, the distant relative. Gifts still work when it comes to, I guess, giving a meaningful present to someone this time of year, but gift cards are probably the way to go if you don't want to be economically inefficient. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's a weird thing to think about. Like the kids go downstairs and below the Christmas tree is a bunch of envelopes and they're just giving each other $20. It 
you know, takes all the magic out of it. And that brings up a good point that people give gifts not for some utilitarian, this is checked it off the list, this is what I need, but there's also the, the sentimentality, it's the thought that counts. You could say that in Wald Fogel's research, he takes this into account because when people say how much they're valuing something, the recipient of the gift, they're sort of including that in, in how much they value. There's usually a positive correlation, I'd say, between the level of sentimentality of, of a gift and how close you are to that person. And so if your significant other gives you a gift, we said that's pretty close to the, the situation where there's the least dead weight loss. You probably have the most sentimentality. One takeaway from this is that those aren't too harmful transactions. It's when you get into the office secret Santas or the distant relatives or the, you know, the old friend uh, that you don't see very much. So there's a, a good correlation with how much information you have about what the person values and how sentimental you'll probably think the gift is. I almost think that some of the gifts I receive, the value goes up because as more than if I had just bought it for myself. You know, it's the thought that counts is what they say. Walt Vogel brings up a pretty good point, which is that we have baby and wedding registries a lot. Go online and you see what people say they wanted and you check it off a list. There's not much magic to that or creativity, but I think people generally recognize the practicality. So it's not a totally unheard of thing. In China, elders a lot of times will just give red envelopes full of cash to people. The older I got, the more efficient my Christmas lists um, became. Links to websites and direct ways of getting exactly what I wanted so that I had no disappointment. Yeah, and I think this is the economist in me, but I buy gifts for my immediate family and I ask them what they want, what they need. If they're not living in the same city as me and I don't know their day to day, I feel kind of foolish taking a guess at what shirt they'll like, especially because I don't have any fashion sense. You know, that practical thing can, can sort of make everyone better off. The thing with gift cards, however, is that 10% of them aren't redeemed. In some sense, that is 10% of value destruction. And so what we could do to take that into account is a lot of them have expiration dates. And just write into law that after that expiration date, the company needs to donate the gift card to charity so that there is still money going to a cause and it's not a deadweight loss. That's a good idea because I know that I have lost quite a few gift cards and found them again and been pretty angry that I didn't get to use the money that was spent as a gift. Yeah, someone took their money and bought it for you, and then it was just sort of evaporated. And then another thing, in addition to these gift cards and cash that we could think of is, especially as people get older, they like the idea of giving money to charity. Charity is just like objects or services or what you might think of as traditional gifts. You might not know the recipient's favorite charity, you know, what they wish that their charitable donations are going to. And so there's actually this thing called a charity navigator gift card, which you buy that charity gift card for someone and they can decide how to spend the $25, $30 or something. The inefficiency of, of charities or nonprofits is another topic in itself, but I think this is a good way to just get rid of that information problem. Yeah, that definitely carries a lot more of the holiday spirit in it than receiving something you didn't really like in the first place. Exactly. And in the Seinfeld episode the uh, uh, with Festivus, George is uh, perhaps the ultimate efficient giver, or some might say cheap, because he gives all of his coworkers cards that say he donated money to the Human Fund, which was a charity he made up. And so George, on some levels, is a terrible person, but also... 
a very efficient one. What do you think this this year? I know we're, we're coming close to Christmas. Maybe you've already you've already made those gift purchases. You know, you have I swayed you? Well, I am very very bad about procrastinating around the holidays, and I have not spent any money on gifts lately. But I I will take into consideration who I'm buying gifts for because I really hate the guessing game, and I want to make sure my money goes to something that someone will actually value. You know, if someone's feelings are hurt because you don't know them very well, you didn't give them a gift, just say, I'm really against the orgy of wealth destruction. <laughs> and I assume that they will have no idea what you're talking about, um, but you can take the higher ground. Definitely. Another Festivus miracle. Upset Patterns is hosted by Will Comperl and produced by Paige jensen Slattengren and Tequila Mockingbird Studios in Austin, Texas. My guest today has been Paige Atkinson. Want more sources related to today's podcast? Visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash upsetpatterns. Your